Hello everyone, welcome to Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor doing a little solo episode. This is going to be our USFL and chill of the week. Um, just going to be going over some roster changes, free agency sign-ins, um, as well as some maybe updated predictions for week 7. Uh, this second season of the USFL is kind of coming to a close, and this weekend we're going to have a bunch of the guys on to talk about week 7 in general, and then maybe some, some more gambling talk for this league as the postseason draws near. Um, I'm really excited about the postseason. Uh, it was a great playoff uh, run last year. A lot of excitement, a lot of good stuff. Um, it's very strange. In the USFL, there was a natural hierarchy of like good teams, mid-teams, and then the shit teams. This year, we're having quite, this, quite the conundrum. We have two four and two teams in the south, and then in the north, everyone relatively sucks. So it's going to be interesting to see how one-sided, I guess you can say, the, the win and loss column um, look is this year. Because last year there was obviously the Stallions, they were 9-1 and one in the South, and then the New, Jer- the New Jersey Generals, who were 9-1 and one respectively themselves, um, in the North. Um, and then you had the New Orleans Breakers, who were 6-4, and four, and then the... Philadelphia Stars, who were 6-4, and four, and then everyone else kind of sucked. I think the best record after that was 4-6 and six by the Tampa Bay Bandits, and uh, they didn't make the playoffs, obviously. Um, it's kind of interesting to see the North. I mean, nor- the North division last year was interesting. It was, there was a lot of talent on one or two teams, and we saw that especially last year in the first season of the USFL. There was kind of a one-sided talent um, on certain teams, and some teams that just didn't have those playmakers or that depth at O-line just suffered, and they won three games, maybe two, um, but it's definitely interesting to see how equal everything is now in the USFL, because the talent's equal, the coaching has gotten better for some of the lesser clubs, um, and the quarterback play has gotten, like, so far really better, like, a lot better than it was in season one. I mean, when you think about it, the leading interception leader last year had seven picks in ten weeks. Granted, Channing Stribling was having a phenomenal year, but the quarterback play was lackluster last year. So just something to think about um, in general. It's not perfect this year. It's its own standard. It's not the NFL. It's the USFL. Um, And you'll see the bad, the good, and the ugly. Sometimes the, the spectacular. But I want to kind of move on to what I normally do in these episodes, the USFL and Chill episodes, is talk about the roster changes, some free agency signings, and you know some some movement uh, on the, that roster sheet. Who's going inactive? Who's going to be active for this upcoming week of ball? And there's a couple signings here that I'd like to go over, and you know I'm going to go over the numbers um, for week six as well regarding ratings on the networks and stuff. They didn't look too promising on USA or FS1, but on Fox, they have that steady number of around 700 to 750,000 on Fox. Um, and, you know, NBC is typically the one that does the, the really good numbers, but Fox has sustainability and consistency, so we'll see where that takes us, especially leading into the playoffs. I want to see what the viewership is going to look like then, and I want to see what the live audience is going to look like, and I really hope um, that the, you know, the teams that have their actual home fields make it to the playoffs, because that'd be a pretty cool atmosphere, in my opinion. But again, moving to these 
signings and roster updates. I got the Pittsburgh Maulers with a couple signings here, and these signings immediately went to the inactive roster. But the signings they got were offensive tackle Leon Johnson out of Temple, cornerback uh, Ferlando Jordan out of Southeast Louisiana. So let's see if their offensive line play can improve and their cornerback play can improve as well because they were giving up chunk plays on the outside. Normally they have a stout defense, but um, I'm glad to see they got a new offensive tackle to hopefully give Troy Williams a little more protection in that pocket. And if Troy Williams starts off rocky again, I do not want to see James Morgan back in there this weekend. I would really like to see, um, if anything, Connor Sampson. You know what I'm saying? Because at, at that point, see, let's see what the third guy has. Because I like Troy Williams, and I thought they pulled him out of that game too early last weekend, but um, they were getting shut out, so I respect the decision, but not the decision to go to James Morgan. Now, moving to the Philadelphia Stars. This um, new addition to the team was immediately put on the inactive roster. Offensive lineman Drew Himmelman out of Illinois State. They just need offensive linemen. They've been getting offensive linemen all year. Every week, I feel like there's... Uh, a new O-lineman in that team because they just haven't figured it out yet. I'd also like to shout out the Memphis Showboats and the Houston Gamblers. The two USFL teams stationed in the Bluff City um, area teamed up Monday afternoon to work at the Mid-South Food Bank in a community outreach effort. Really appreciate that kind of work that um, the USFL is doing uh, to the community. Uh, it's important to leave a, ma- leave a good, positive mark. And then I'd also like to point out that um, Safer Sports in the USFL have teamed up to make player safety a number one priority, and there's a nice article on the USFL News Hub on Twitter. If you guys don't follow them already, I recommend you do that. That's not like a plug or anything. I just genuinely get a lot of information off of those guys. They do a really good job running that page. Also, shout out to USF. Their um, committee approved a plan on Tuesday to finance a $200 million um to finance $200 million bucks for the Bulls' $340 million on-campus football stadium. So that's really awesome. They got funding for it. Um, it's going to be really exciting for anyone that goes to USF. A little interval here to briefly discuss the average viewership um, ratings. Again, this is per Nielsen, um, and I'm getting these numbers off of a Twitter account. Mike Mitchell, he kind of reports that him and James Larson do on Twitter if you guys want to look up numbers regarding XFL and USFL, just alternative football in general. These guys report very thoroughly. But Saturday's game on USA between the Pittsburgh Maulers and the Memphis Showboats only got in 227,000 viewers. Same day, Panthers versus Stallions on Fox got 732,000 viewers. Sunday, Breakers versus Stars on FS1 got 217,000. And on Sunday, the Generals versus the Gamblers got around 630,000 viewers. And again, these are the average viewership, so it could have peaked higher and could have gone lower. But um, consistent ratings from the USFL week in and week out. Um, they just need to drop USA, in my opinion, and maybe just do like a, a lot more marketing for FS1. It's a small network. I don't expect the numbers to be big on that, but. As long as they're consistent on Fox and NBC, which they have been, and there hasn't been a game on NBC, I believe, in two weeks. I, I know USA is owned by NBC, but still, like, the actual network, um, definitely something to keep in mind are those numbers for sure, because you want to see the sustainability of viewership for the league, and to also see what kind of exposure it's getting. Um, I know OTAs and stuff just started around the NFL, and I would just like to wish all the rookies and 
everyone out there getting adjusted into the NFL and just maybe veterans as well. Good luck to the upcoming season. I know there's a lot of work ahead. And, uh, you know, I love the game, love football. And hopefully the players uh, in the NFL are showing love and support to the players that are trying to make a name for themselves in these alternative leagues. Definitely something to think about for sure, um, especially if you're a veteran in the NFL and if you're somehow listening to this. I think it's important to to show love and guidance to, to some of these younger players and guys that haven't gotten that spotlight or shot yet. And I really appreciated seeing uh, Fred Warner out there watching his brother play for the Memphis Showboats. He got a pick. His brother, uh, I can't remember his first name, but a Warner brother, um, as well as uh, obviously Penny Sewell showing up for all of Gabriel Sewell Jr.'s games. I think that's pretty cool. And uh, Maurice Alexander has been... Uh, I know he's been at a couple of the Philadelphia Stars games at Ford Field, and I just really, I really love that camaraderie and that support that these guys give each other because it's needed. Um, but a fun fact about Fernando Jordan out of Southeast um, Louisiana, he was actually the fourth round USFL draft pick from the Pittsburgh Maulers, so they actually were able to acquire one of their draft picks. So that was pretty cool. Just goes to show you the GM and head coach know how to draft for the Pittsburgh Maulers on this on this squad. It's going to be exciting to see them return next year if they can't make anything special out of uh, this season, which I really want them to. Um, also, shout out to Derek Dillon with his historic kick six. Um, I know I probably talked about it briefly on the USFL Power Rankings episode, but he had a great game. Um, all three true home teams are in the top four of viewership goes to show you that the USFL needs to get everyone into their home markets in 2024. That was reported by Jared Schuster. Um, just something to think about if they were all in their respective cities. Um, maybe they'd be getting more viewership. So that's just something to think about. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to do that next year for sure. Another thing that I would like to talk about, um, a couple of releases here by the Pittsburgh Maulers, safety Eric Burrell and offensive tackle Charles Baldwin. Um, good luck to those guys. Maybe they'll get picked up by another USFL team and um, you know, get another crack at it. Moving on to the Memphis Showboats here. They've um, signed two new guys, and they're immediately on the inactive roster. Offensive guard Tyron Hunt out of Old Dominion and cornerback Nehemia Shelton out of San Jose State. And then they also released cornerback Kareem Darrington. Uh, good luck to you, sir. And then moving on to the Michigan Panthers, they signed running back Toa Taua out of Nevada, transferred him immediately to the inactive roster, and released wide receiver Wap Filler. Uh, good luck to you, sir. And then Houston Gamblers, moving on to them, they signed defensive end Guy Thomas out of Colorado, and he's immediately on the inactive roster. And then the Philadelphia Stars signed defensive back Denzel Williams out of Villanova, and then they released offensive lineman Blake Camper. So a couple moves here and there, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get more um, more news regarding um, roster changes and updates and stuff, but if you guys don't follow the USFL Twitter account, they release the depth charts uh, every week, I think around Thursday and Friday before the games, and uh, you can check out who's starting, who's got that backup role, um, and stuff like that, but I thoroughly recommend you guys follow some of these guys um, on Twitter, like James Larson and and Ducky. They they, they do a great job reporting this league, reporting on this league, and um, I wouldn't, you know, shout them out if I didn't think that they were good at what they do. Um, 
just another thing to, to think about is I really hope the Philadelphia Stars actually hone in on you know these new additions and actually go on a win streak. They've won two in a row. I know that's a win streak, but they haven't done it in good fashion. So I would really like to see a convincing win. And they haven't had a convincing win since week one of the season when they won 27-23 over the Memphis Showboats. Just something to think about because the North is up for grabs. Um, and, you know, you want to see a consistency develop at least somehow, um, even if it's this late in the season. But another team that I don't want to see out of the playoffs is the Memphis Showboats. I think they're fun, they're flashy, they have grit. I just don't know if they can, you know, make it into that top two spot in their division because of how good their division is. It's just something to think about for sure. Um, just another thing that I would like to talk about is just genuinely, I guess those numbers again on the ratings. I think the average rating um, doesn't really mean much um, to either league. They're getting exposure, and I'm talking about the XFL as well. Their ratings, when you compare them week by week, you know, they look one-sided most of the time towards the USFL, but I think it's good that both of these leagues have this exposure, have the marketing plans, and, you know, hopefully are able to find success. And when I saw those ad revenue numbers for the XFL, I, I was very nervous because they're making, you know, not anything near for what they projected. But I, apparently, you know, Disney and ESPN are okay with those numbers. I just don't know if Redbird Capital will be, which is their main backer. Um, but the USFL seems to continuously get new deals and partnerships, and they market and advertise so much, not just about their league, but they have so many different companies wanting to get in on it. And I'm talking about like the Liberty Mutual Halftime Show, the Rock and Mortgage, um, like Skycam, shit like that. Like you see that in the NFL. And they're able, they're like getting sponsorships like that and creating um, different sources of income for the league. And I like that. Um, even the Michigan Panthers, um, they have like a rocket mortgage patch on their jersey. So it's like interesting to see how far these advertisements and endorsements will come uh, and, and take the league, if that makes sense. I would also like to shout out some players um, like DeAndre Overton. He had a great catch this past weekend. Bailey Gaither was solid. Um, Vinny Papali had a great game, had a really cool touchdown. Um, and I think, you know, the Memphis Showboats, if they don't win this year, they looked really good at points and also really bad at points in the season. So maybe they don't deserve a playoff appearance, but you know, they won three in a row. So they're, they're definitely someone to be, a, to be afraid of. I'd also just like to briefly talk about the playoff um, information here. According to USFL News, at News USFL on Twitter, interested to see if the number one seeds in each division get home field advantage. At sites are still, as sites are still um, to be determined, the championship will still be in Canton. So that's going to be really cool. Still going to be at Hall of Fame Field. They had a really good crowd last year, and I think it'll be even better this year, in my opinion. But the two semifinal games, um, looks like on June 24th at 8 p.m. will be NBC, and then June 25th on Sunday will be at 7 p.m. on Fox. Really good doubleheader for, for, for ratings-wise. That's going to be really good for the league. 
Um, and then the championship's actually going to be on NBC. So that's going to be really cool at 8 p.m. on July 1st, on Saturday. It's really cool, like, how they're timing that up. Um, and, then, and we still have a whole month of football still. Uh, but, you know, just something to look forward to if home field advantage will play a factor um, in, in this playoff run for the second USFL season. Um, and we talked about player of the weeks and stuff. Alex Magoo was named Offensive Player of the Week. Special Teams Player of the Week was Derek Dillon. And then Defensive Player of the Week, we had actually a tie between um, Tizino and Frank Ginda. I think it's Kiavi. I, I'm butchering his name, but two linebackers. Tizino was a linebacker for the Pittsburgh Maulers, and Frank Ginda is a linebacker for the Michigan Panthers. They both went off this past weekend. Um, Tizino had like 11 solo tackles, and Ginda had like 18 tackles in a game, plus a sack and a forced fumble. So definitely a really good week of football defensively. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch, and I'm incredibly excited for um the, the, the yearly awards to be announced. I, I'm, there's, it's a tight race between Defensive Player of the Year for sure. We have Breland Speaks, Frank Ginda, Tazino, Ruben Foster's been solid. Um, and you also have to keep in mind uh, Mark Gilbert, cornerback for the Pittsburgh Maulers. He had a great game. He had like six pass breakups in a game. I mean, there's so many really cool story arcs and, and stat lines that we get to see that are set by some of these guys that you know don't really... I've never had that shot or that spotlight before, and I think that's awesome that we get to see them showcase their abilities like that and, you know, at a semi-high level. So definitely something to be um, keeping your eyes out on. And I'm going to pull up the schedule for um, week seven again and kind of just go over my predictions again, see if maybe they're what they were last week. Um, when I Well, not last week, but last episode when I talked about my predictions. Um, allow me to just find this on cbssports.com. So it looks like the first game is going to be the Birmingham Stallions versus the New Orleans Breakers. And I'm going to take the Stallions in that game. If I'm a betting man, I'm taking the over. And... I'm not going to load up this game. If you're doing a lineup or anything like that, I wouldn't load up on this game. Um, because both teams are really, really good. I think a safe pick, if you're going to do a lineup, um, I'd recommend Alex Magoo as your quarterback. He's just magic. And then as your running back, I would put Wes Hills, maybe. But honestly, I wouldn't take anyone from the Breakers right now. They're on a trend downwards. Um, but let me just see. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking the over. Um, it's 45.5. Birmingham is the underdog, but I'm taking Birmingham. I would, yeah, bet over on that for sure. And then Philadelphia versus Pittsburgh. I'm taking under on this game for sure. 39.5. But I'm gonna take Philly, and they're they're the underdogs actually still. Yeah, I'm taking the under, and I would take Philly in that game. I would not take players like in a lineup for that game unless you're taking like Isaiah Henney or like Corey Coleman, um, both wide receivers. 
And then the third game of Week 7 is Houston versus Memphis. Memphis is projected to win this. I'm going to take the over. 43.5, I'm going to take the over. And I think that it's going to be an explosive game. I really do. It's a big game. Memphis, their season rides on this game. I'm going to take Memphis in this with an upset. And I'm going to go over. I'm going to take the over, yeah. I'm going to take Memphis, but over. And the final game of Week 7 is the Michigan Panthers versus the New Jersey Generals. And it looks like the Panthers are favored. Neither of these teams have really showed much consistency or promise. They have the upside, it's just they don't execute. I'm taking the under in this game, which is under 40.5. But I'm going to take Michigan. They're favored anyway. Yeah, they're favored. I'm going to take the under, but I'm going to take Michigan. Yeah. I think Michigan will bounce back here and try and stay alive. And New Jersey might fall into a rut that they can't climb out of. Because I think it'll wind up being Philadelphia and Michigan in the playoffs for the Northern Division. And then I think it'll be uh, the, the Birmingham Stallions and the Memphis Showboats. Fuck that. I'm making a big prediction. I think the Memphis Showboats are going to make the playoffs. That's my prediction. And then this was our USFL and Chill episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed that. And we'll go more in depth on maybe lineups and the gambling aspect of this league this weekend when I have Brandon and Logan on and all that. We're going to do our USFL power rankings on Sunday night as well as our USFL and Chill episode to maybe cover more of the gambling side of things for sure. So keep an eye out for that this weekend. And we have plenty of more episodes that are going to be coming out periodically. Um, you know, we don't really have a set schedule for any of that, but we have tons of content that's just waiting to be released. So tune in and please keep supporting the channel. I really appreciate everyone out there listening. And, and I really hope, you know, maybe these episodes have gotten you into the USFL, maybe got you watching a game on Saturday or Sunday. But uh, thank you very much again. This is Trevor signing out. Peace.